The Bop Pod, a podcast for the stands. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Bop Pod. I'm your host, Alana Michelle Rubin, and I'm so excited for today's guest. He is the co-host of Las Culturistas, the host of HBO Max's Hot Dog. We have Matt Rogers here. Hi, Matt. Hi. Oh, hello. I mean, that's what else? What else more is there to say than a big old <laughs> hello and thank you for having me? I mean, a hello and hi. That's really all we need for the podcast. I mean, we could close it here, I think. <laughs> that was. I love the energy. You're in LA. I feel just the sunshine emanating from this Zoom call. So thank you for that. Better I represent the sunshine in LA than the smog in LA. Oh, or, yes. Yeah. I forgot about the smog. The sun is so powerful. I forgot about the demons. Oh, yeah. There's many on. demons here. We got the smog. We got the traffic. We have the homelessness crisis. There's lots oh. of things oh, <laughs> about yeah. it. So I'm hoping I'm happy to project the one positive thing. Yes. I actually I forgot about everything else. You know, you said sun and I forgot everything else. And honestly, that's that's movie magic. That's also very Hollywood. <laughs> the, the business, baby. <laughs> Forget all the bad stuff in the world. Just the positive. Actually, mm-hmm. that does sound like Hollywood. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we aren't here to talk about the sun unfortunately because i could go on and on um we are here to talk about beyonce specifically Ooh. the the woman the queen the the empress herself the so queen b even yes oh you know some may say <laughs> the queen yeah, b might say. um so you know when i asked who you were obsessed with you you came back with beyonce and kelly clarkson i i went with beyonce <laughs> just because sure um, actually you know i feel like i don't have to explain that i just went with beyonce and so I just <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Kelly. It's no I do shade love Kelly. to Kelly. It's just I mean, we all love Kelly. Who doesn't love Kelly? I think actually a felon, it's a, fel- a felonious offense to not love Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, these it is. Days. I would take but, them all to jail. Um, and anybody who didn't see from Justin to Kelly, um, I would question their character. <laughs> it's warrant for a citizen's arrest. That's for absolutely. Sure. <laughs> so okay, you know, obviously a lot of people like Beyonce. She's got she's got quite a following. But what I would like to first know is, do you remember the first time you heard a Beyonce song and what that felt like? Like what happened? Paint the scene. Well, you know what's funny? I don't think I remember the first time I heard a Beyonce song because it was um, it was Destiny's Child and they were so ubiquitous in like that late 90s period that they were kind of just everywhere. I'm sure the first Destiny's Child song I heard was some combination of Say My Name or Jumpin' Jumpin'. But mm-hmm. I do remember the very first time I became aware of Beyonce as like a singular entity was um, I was in my... I was in my kitchen and we have one of those little tiny TVs that like are on the kitchen. So you could kind of like just you remember the, like this tiny yes. TV is like next to the sink. Very that long island was my of us childhood. to have that. I have to, yes. I have to say that that was my childhood. That resonates so much with me. Yeah. Like you're sitting at the peninsula with the raised chairs and you're turned left to watch the little TV <laughs> next to the kitchen and my mom's ceramic pigs that she collected. <laughs> so I remember my mom was out. I was with my babysitter actually. I believe I was like eight or nine years old. Or I had to be like ten, or ten or eleven, because of the song I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm now I'm saying it out loud. I'm like, is ten or eleven too yeah. old to have a babysitter? It, it's an interesting question that we yeah. can ponder. Well, you know, uh, maybe maybe you were fifteen. Who knows? And and that would be okay <laughs> to have a babysitter. Everyone has a different path. <laughs> it's so true. And I I should also mention I was I I'm on the pacifier until about two years ago. <laughs> well, so remember, it's it's all sort of um. 
still sort of uh, a miss for me. But anyway, <laughs> I remember I was sitting there at the, uh, you know, little island or whatever, the peninsula rather, in my kitchen. And we were watching MTV or VH1. They were playing music videos and they were playing... Um, uh, independent women, which was their song from the Charlie's Angels soundtrack. And I remember my babysitter said to me, her name was Danielle. She said to me, she had to be 15, 16 years old. And she said to me, that's Beyonce. She's the lead singer. Don't you think she's so pretty? And I remember I turned to the TV and I really looked at her and I'm like, wow, there is like something about her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I said to myself, like there is like an extra quality there. Mm-hmm. And I never forgot that name Beyonce from that point on. And I always latched onto that to the point where I think it was like three years later, 2003-ish, that she came out with Crazy in Love. And even at that point, I was like the one saying like, I knew Beyonce from the jump. Meanwhile, like yeah. not true. My Beyonce brought, <laughs> my, my, my Beyonce, my babysitter brought her to my attention one day, like <laughs> randomly. But I did always latch on to her from that first moment when I thought she looked incredible in the um, independent women video. And also, I, I of course, loved Destiny's Child. Like, yes. I love them. I think you made a great point. It's like, you know, I don't know that many people would just be able to, like, decipher their specific, like, first time they heard Beyonce because of the presence of Destiny's Child. So I think that was right. a really great, like you know, call out, if I may use corporate terms here. Um, mm-hmm. it It's such a good point. And I mean, Danielle was uh, ahead of the game. You know, she already told you. Um, she knew who she was, that's for sure. And I mean, like, you know, I think it's because they were in a group and also the group was changing so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At that time, I never really knew who was in Destiny's Child. And then it settled and I on the three of them, the iconic three, yes. Beyonce, Kelly, and Michelle. The Holy Trinity. And at Trinity. that point, the Holy Trinity, very much. Um, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all can pick who's who. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, that was when I really was like, okay, I feel like they've set into who they, who they are, so mm-hmm. I can set into who they are. Like, I don't have to learn yes. <laughs> more names. I'm to- not worried about any of these girls. I think they're sticking around. Yeah, yeah. They felt like they were really in it. And, you know, the others, because they were changing so often, it was like, well, I don't, you know, I can't trust them. They're always leaving. Like, I'm not going to exactly. be loyal to people who keep leaving me. I'm going to wait till, you know, they figure their stuff out. You got to save your energy. You have to really invest your energy in responsible places. You really Something do. Something I knew since I was 10. God, you're <laughs> such a wise 10-year-old. I think... Yeah, a lot of self-care. <laughs> self-care. I think we should all be on pacifiers till a couple of years ago. I think that's the lesson here. People should suck on whatever they want to. <laughs> and I, I love feel. that. I love that. And I need it on a t-shirt. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, like with Beyonce, I think you also brought up a good point of like, even when she was in the group, it was like something drew you to her. Um, and I think she she used that and it grew into this like sort of spiritual thing where people just like resonated with her persona of this like confident woman. And my sister, who is kind of very close, not very closed off, but just she always sort of had a guard up, kind of a mystery to me. She said at my bat mitzvah that she was walking out to independent women. And I thought that that was pretty like powerful because, you know, this pop song, she didn't really listen to pop music, but that message resonated with her. So I guess what about Beyonce? Like, what does she represent to you? Um, Mm. I don't know. I feel like she means a lot of different things to different people. 
Well, I'll say um, I was always a major fan. Like I was always a big fan in the same way that everyone else was. And um, then I think what really made me say this is someone who is a true icon and maybe the best of all time. I think I always thought that even from Crazy in Love on, like it just became very apparent to me that she was going to be our Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got the opportunity to see her perform. It was her album Four. And so she was doing four shows at the Roseland Ballroom. And it was like a very exclusive thing. She was only going to do four shows and she wasn't touring with the album. Come to find out later on that was because she was pregnant, which Mm. I didn't know at the time when I went to go see her. But I was performing in a show at NYU, which was like my first musical theater show. And um, I was going to... So it was like a special show that NYU did called The Reality Show, which was essentially um, by students for students about going to school in the city. And it was like a musical comedy show. And we were going to perform it at the Beacon Theater. Oh my God, I love this. Yeah. And so I was 21. And so this was like, not only going to be the first time that I was really performing, um, not just sketch comedy, which I was comfortable with, but musical sketch comedy, which I, I love music. I've, it's always been my, my main love. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we were performing it at the Beacon, which felt like such a big deal. And I was performing with you know more talented people than I had ever performed with. Like Everyone was just an incredible singer and dancer and comedic actor. And um, we were a really powerful group, and I, I wanted to be good. Mm-hmm. And so I went to go see somehow I got these tickets to this show. It actually was pretty easy. Now it is not easy. <laughs> I mean, in the in the ensuing years, like I've found that it is increasingly difficult to secure tickets to a Beyonce show. Oh, like, yeah. You know, I remember for the formation tour, I bought tickets and I we, we were in the last row of City Field. And I mean, yes. it was all we could get. And we were in the last row, like truly up against the fence, like really crazy. But I, I was about 100 yards away from her at this four show. Um that's and I, I mean, I mean, I mean, it wasn't like she was like a small deal at the time. I and mean, this was mm-hmm. like post, you know, many Grammys, post I Am Sasha Fierce, like all mm-hmm. that. Like, she, like Single Ladies in Halo had already been out. So somehow I ended up getting tickets to see her at this smaller venue from 100 yards away. And I was so struck by her precision, her power. Um, her control over what she was doing, the way she seemed to enjoy it, her emotional commitment, her ferocity, her um, just excellence on stage. (laughs) And it really was true for me anyway, watching that, you know, she was like the star of the show, but also surrounded by dancers who were like, I'm going to imagine the best in their field. And she still stuck out the most. Yeah. And when I left that show, I was so empowered to perform that I, I remember I, I went to the next week we were performing at the Beacon and you just couldn't tell me anything. Like I was so, <laughs> I was so inspired by her. Yeah. And so, um, so galvanized to be good at what I was doing. So for me, she is just inspiring for every performer. Like I think even if you're just a comedian or a singer, a dancer, an actor, I think that you can what you can learn from Beyonce is that when you commit to your craft and you really love it and you don't let anything deter you from what you are doing and you're on a mission, I've just always really been impressed with her in that regard. And she's such a workhorse and you, you get the sense that she recognized that she had amazing talent, but that it would only go so far if she could work as hard as she worked. So 
so I, I've just always been really just blown away by her then. And then since then, in the ensuing years, I find her to be incredibly brave and powerful in the messaging that she puts out in order to empower black women, in, in order to empower black people, queer people. Um, I think that she has, you know, earned the 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 right to do whatever she wants mm -hmm. and she has chosen to do what she's doing and i just i think that she's incredible because most of the stuff that she's done since 2014 since the self-titled album was released has been off the beaten path mm -hmm. and for someone who has such an established track record on the beaten path which isn't easy in the music industry either or the entertainment business mm -hmm. to to bravely say like i'm actually gonna do the thing that explicitly doesn't have any guarantees for me i yeah. think is so cool and she's just the coolest most powerful most inspiring most I would have to agree. Yeah. I, have, I mean, I actually have chills. Um, I think like excellence is such a, a great word to describe her because like, like you said, it's one thing to have talent, but to like not a, not just nurture that talent, but push it past the limits. And right. I actually I also had this moment watching like Ariana Grande's documentary because like it's it's not just the singing and the dancing. It's like the memory of it all. It's the breath control like there are so many of these like nuanced elements that goes in things that I probably don't even know about that they have right. to be like very specific and perfect on. And I yeah. mean, if a mistake was made, I don't think that the audience would really know. Like, I think they're skilled enough that they could sort of just make it work. But at the same time, like, you know, every show, even though they're doing sort of the same thing for every show, every show feels like high stakes. And I think for like a performer totally. that has gotten so large, that is such a powerful message to consistently deliver to their audience and yeah i think i f think i felt similarly i wonder if we were at the same city field show uh because we were also like way way up nosebleeds was it really cold it oh god i don't remember, really I was in chilly. shorts yes at the end of the night right yeah like uh, you might have been on the other night because it got really chilly and i remember you know what was so funny about this like we were in the back row and the show started at like seven when i say show started i put it in quotes mm -hmm. and then i don't think she went on till like nine something because yeah. even though it was a summer night so it was a summer night so the sun was setting like at an insanely late time yes and i remember someone in someone in front of us or around us said um well you know the reason that she's so late is because she refuses to go on until the sky is completely dark. Oh. And I was like, I hope that that's true. I hope <laughs> that's too. in the rider somewhere. Like I will not step foot on stage until there's not a light in the sky. Like yeah. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> but it, it did, even though it was summer, it did get a little chilly, yeah. which is always like, you know, a mind fuck. Uh, it's but the, <laughs> wow, okay. It's the altitude, it's the altitude, it's the it altitude. was the altitude. I mean, we were way yeah. up there. We are in the clouds. Uh, it was Truly. an incredible way to see Beyonce. I will, <laughs> something completely unrelated to the music and Beyonce herself, well, maybe sort of related to Beyonce, is that I wanted to look so hot at that show. Like I wanted to feel yeah. like I looked really sexy and I was coming from my babysitting job and I was in a baggy Governor's Ball t-shirt and khakis. Hot, and hot. completely forgot to bring an extra set of clothing. So oh, I went whatever. to fucking Beyonce. You know what? I think it sort of captures like her spirit too because she would still make it work, you know? Right. Um, you would it have been like my this. first choice? 
No, but... I mean, yeah, but the thing is also, I mean, at least you were in good movement clothes. That's true. I did move. I did feel <laughs> flexible enough to move, so that isn't... I love go. that. That's the only thing with dressing nice or dressing quote-unquote sexy is yeah. I often feel restricted in the yes. clothing. Um, and when it's kind of freeing and actually like... Um, Kind of empowering to be wearing something absolute <laughs> shit <laughs> and yet still going for it. Yes, I agree. There's something uh, je ne sais quoi about just being incomplete, like just like schmatas. Um, yeah, there's something je ne sais quoi about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, after wearing leggings for a year, uh, it does feel very oppressive oh, to know, wear right? jeans. I don't know totally. how to assimilate. Um, yeah. But anyways, bringing it back to Beyonce, um, is there, you know, you talked about your babysitter, you talked about Mm. sort of, you touched on this a little bit with the story of like the show at Beacon, uh, Beacon Theater, but is there a specific like length of time that you associate with a certain Beyonce album or a certain song, like something you leaned on maybe even during, you know, maybe a tougher time? Many, many, actually. So I associate um, I Am Sasha Fierce with being in college. And I remember, like, Single Ladies came out in, like, 2008, 2009, around then. And I remember being a sophomore and... um, just I, I just really remember that episode, the episode of SNL when she oh. did the SNL sketch with uh, Justin Timberlake and Andy Samberg and Bobby Moynihan, where they were her mm-hmm. backup dancers. And yes, um, I just remember she was constantly on a loop in my like what must have been like an iPod at that time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or probably was my Had phone, to but have you know been. what I'm saying. Yeah, like it, it felt. It, I mean, truly. I mean, that was that was what 12, 11, 12 years ago now. It's crazy. Yeah, I um, can't but, even like conceptualize the technology that was available. It's so yeah, hard. but so that that album was really cool for me because it was like I, it felt. Like the last time she really did like straight up pop music, I remember um, "Sweet Dreams." I really liked. I loved "Halo." Obviously, I listened to "Single Ladies" on a loop, but pretty much every song on that album I really liked. "If I Were a Boy" is actually uh. one of my favorites. I I remember just to timestamp it, like I own the "If I Were a Boy" video on iTunes because uh. at the time it was like buy the music video yes. on iTunes was like a major thing. So I still have it, and I I, I could like quote it. Yeah. Um. But um. Love that song, and I loved that era for her. But I would say, if I had to say if there was an era that I can most specifically identify with the time in my life, it was, I'll never forget that December night <laughs> when when I, for some reason, Alana, like, I don't even know why. I, I wasn't someone who, like, went and checked iTunes. Mm-hmm. But, like, I opened up my iTunes store, and I just saw... It was a little bit after midnight. It had to be like 12.02. I was like cosmically called to my iTunes. And I just saw the name Beyonce in those like in that iconic font now on the black background. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, what? Because she wasn't supposed to release anything. And I clicked it and it was like, I said there was the whole new album. And this is after she had done this Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wait, like she just did the Super Bowl. I feel like now she's about to take a break. Like there's a new album. Not only that, there was new videos. And so the first person I texted was Bowen Yang and I was like, you need to get on iTunes right now because I think Beyonce just dropped an entire album and I think every song has a video. And he was like, what? And then it just became <laughs> this thing of like, 
Uh, the only other time I can remember my timeline filling up this way is when Obama was elected. Oh, yes. Like, like uh, my Facebook feed was exploding. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, everyone go go look at what this is. And not only was it a surprise Beyonce album, but it was, I mean, I think her peak. Mm -hmm. Like, her the, the most incredible album I had ever heard with... And she talks about this idea of perfection being so... Uh, you know what I mean? And she was like, I'm making a deliberate choice to subvert every expectation you have of me. And I was obsessed with that album so much. And I was waiting tables at the time in the financial district. And I had to go to work at like 11 a.m. the next day. But I stayed up for hours that night. I think I got like two hours of sleep before I went in because I knew I needed to be off book on it <laughs> as soon as possible. Like... um just to be able to fit in with everyone in the world. Yes. And I remember I went to work and all my girlfriends at work that I waited tables with had done the same thing. We were all talking about it. It was like, ordinarily I'd be bummed to be at work waiting tables. We were all so excited to just be alive. Mm -hmm. um, and I associate <laughs> that album with that cold December New York air, me being on the two train, like um, taking the train into work every day. I was working a lot at the time waiting tables because I was really on the grind mm -hmm. trying to make comedy happen. And I just, I I was so obsessed with it. I, I just listened to it all the time. I mean, some of my favorite Beyonce songs of all time, like my favorite song on that album is Jealous, mm -hmm. Love Blow. Uh, I mean, Drunken Love. I mean, uh, Jesus. I mean, Pretty Hurts. I still, I really love, I mean, XO. I just, I couldn't believe the quality of work. Um, yeah. and, and it was amazing because she had just released what I had thought was her best album which was four and then like i said before i loved i am sasha fierce so mm -hmm. and i also have very fond um distinct uh memories of lemonade because um the content really spoke to me so yeah. pretty much everything she's ever done i have a very strong um a association strong with she was really really important to me in terms of like the sonic musical landscape of my 20s mm -hmm. like in a I, major way it's i think like also I love the unspoken desire for not even just Beyonce songs, but like anytime someone like huge and very revered, like drops a new album, it's like, we got to learn the lyrics as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, we can't especially be caught. Like, we can't be caught not knowing them. Especially like in the lip sync era of time, which was like very much the entire 2010s, which <laughs> yes. was like drag race being everything. It's like, you needed to be able to lip sync any song if you were going to be part of the queer community, especially. It's like, and like how embarrassing and humiliating to be the one that's not off book, which by oh. the way, for everyone listening, if you don't know, means you you're, you don't need the book to know the words. Like yes. I don't need the script. I don't need the whole script in rehearsal. I'm off book. Mm -hmm. So to be off book <laughs> on the album would be to be word perfect on the album and riff perfect and yes. note perfect. Okay, oh, and I all know the that, melodies. Yeah, there's a lot of men out there who don't think they can get up there, but you're not working hard enough. Mm -mm, you have to really. If you feel can't it. sing one plus one in her full belted growl. You're, you're not. not you're doing not working drag. hard enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you need to work harder because it's on. It's showing. It's showing, and it's 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 unbecoming of them. I I think it's untoward. It's uncouth. untoward. <laughs> I think. Um, I mean, you mentioned uh, formation really speaking to you. I think yeah. the that album like it's it's tough to say like i don't even know if i could say when she peaked but i think i don't know if she's like still peaking it feels like or with like because with homecoming it feels like she just sort of oh, is yeah. and when i say peaked i just mean like at that time it was like there had never been anything like that i yes. mean there literally had never been anything like that not only just for her but for all her peers mm -hmm. yeah um, totally. and so i i would never say she's peaked i just meant at that time like 
for sure because had I known Homecoming was coming, had I known Lemonade was coming, <laughs> and or Lemonade is arguably a arguably a quote unquote. I would not use the word better, but I it it's a it's almost like arguably a more cohesive, uh, pointed piece of art mm-hmm. than Beyonce the self titled is. But I I couldn't pick favorites. It's a Sophie's choice. Yeah, it it really is. <laughs> and I think what she like with the self titled album like that was the first time I think an artist ever released a video for every song in the album too. And the way that that. I mean, first of all, the surprise drop also, I think, is so, is something unreal. that... unreal. Yeah, and it's not anything that I think was done. I don't know if it was... I, I'm I'm hesitant to say it was never done before that because I, right. I don't I don't think I, I believe have that it. Much. I believe it was done before, but never by an artist of that magnitude of fame and influence. Like, I remember even at the time, the media was you know, maybe not as sensitive as it is now, mm-hmm. but because it's getting it's getting more impossible for anyone to hide anything every day yeah. because of social media and everything and also the leaks that seem to come out of every camp. But I remember at that time it was not uncommon at all for artists' music to be leaked early mm-hmm. and that would really damage their sales. So what it said to me was that she must have a team that's like really believes in her or are really afraid. Yeah. <laughs> because you need for that to both. come out yeah, right. And and not only for it, the music to come out, because like I said, albums leak all the time, songs leak all the time, but for there to be all those videos there and no one to have known about it or mm-hmm. spilled the beans about that felt like revolutionary to me. It was like, whoa. I couldn't even like imagine the level of paperwork that the people involved had to sign to, like whoever was involved in the making of the album, even like remotely, all the mm-hmm. like disclosures and things. But it is, and not even like, you know, the artistry alone of that album and and the way that she did subvert what she had what she had been doing before but like the yeah. marketing technique of it too is ingenious like yeah and it shows like a lot of ownership over your own body of work too to both command whether it's through fear or just loyalty of like a whole team staying quiet but it's like this won't be exposed until i am ready to expose it and i think that says a lot um but right. i i mean i love I can absolutely easily picture like all of her works, you know, being associated with this like feeling of hunger and like really wanting to grind and like empowerment. So it's really it's beautiful to hear like that that's what you associate it with and to see where you are now, too. And like that you're still like on this journey and you're just rising is like, I don't know, gives me chills always. Thank you. That's really nice. I mean, I I, I always say that. it does, like I said earlier, it really doesn't matter what you do. I think Beyonce is inspiring. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, um, especially for performers, yeah. and at the time I was performing live a lot, just there was so much to be learned from the fact that she was obviously enjoying what she was doing and worked very hard at what she was doing. So it started to become clear to me then, and it's become even more clearer to me since then, that if you're enjoying what you're doing on stage, people will enjoy it too. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're having fun, people will have fun. If you feel prepared, people feel comfortable. So um, that was a big lesson that I took from watching her. That's, I think like those are lessons. Yeah, I agree that every performer can can repeat to themselves. Um, And just like the point of like, you know, when you're prepared, your audience feels comfortable. I love that. Um, yeah, the last thing you want is a nervous audience or, yes. an, or an audience that feels unsafe watching you. Yeah, exactly. And like a, um, uh, it's so funny, too. Like, I, I mentioned that she was pregnant um, during that album cycle. 
it was like I saw that show at for the fourth show at Roseland Ballroom, and then I believe the VMAs were like two months later or something, maybe not even. Mm-hmm. And it was that iconic performance of Love on Top that she did that she showed her baby bump at the end. And I was like, wait a second, you're telling me that the woman was pregnant while she was doing what I saw her do? I couldn't believe it. I, I, I could not believe it. And it, I remember when she showed that bump, all my friends that were watching it all got up and hugged and were like, we're having a baby. <laughs> it was so... It was so beyond. Yeah. And to think to think where she's gone from there is just the coolest. Oh, it's a, she just like she doesn't she doesn't let anything hold her back. I don't feel like uh Yeah, no, and we haven't even mentioned her two iconic Super Bowls. I know. You know what I mean? Two. I know. Two of them. Not just one, two of them. Um Not even. I mean, that those performances made me want to sit through a Super Bowl, which I think is like testament enough to like Well, I don't know about all that, but um <laughs> I definitely had it on and was fully paying attention when she did her thing. Yeah, yeah. I was paying attention when she did her thing as well. I think I think I was working at that job I was talking about earlier. I was waiting tables in the financial district. And it's funny because um, I did choose to work on the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what people who wait tables know, like, at the beginning of a shift, there's always the conversation about who's going to get cut first in the event that it's slow. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, like, Hey, um, it's the Super Bowl and Beyonce is performing and I'm gay, so I think I should be cut first. Mm-hmm. And the girls were like, I just so happened to be working with people who didn't really care. So I was cut first and so I got to go home and watch the Super Bowl. So I think I was like watching the first quarter and like the even the first half of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. And they said, Matt, you're cut. And I was like, Thank God, because I don't want to have to watch it here at this Irish bar surrounded by like literally the worst people in the yeah. country that are running our banks. Um, and no, I was like, I, I, I like sprinted home. I like got as home as fast as I could on the subway. And uh, I made it home for the for the halftime show. And I got to watch it with my friend Sudi. And we were like, we were dead. It was it was so, so amazing. Her yeah. first Super Bowl. And then when she came back a few years later because Coldplay gave her time as well as Bruno Mars, that was when she iconically performed Formation on the Super Bowl and it had just been released the day prior. And just, you know, move after move that people were probably like, you sure? And she was like, oh, I'm dead ass. And yeah. then it became iconic. So yeah, she's number one. She doesn't like, she doesn't, um, what's the word? Like, she doesn't let the the kind of backtalk of the critics like it's all nonsense and it really doesn't matter anyways what the critics are saying and like I think she out of all people would know that but like just the the way in which she like continues to spread her messaging and her empowerment of like black people and queer people like you said but like even louder like it's she doesn't shy away from anything and it just and I think like it feels as though like her music has also become more outspoken to those messages too. And I think that's something that like, you know, when you think about her earlier works, it's like, it's sort of natural for an artist to sort of like find their comfort in their earlier albums in, in a, in a more safer way. But then like you already knew, even when she was putting out like B day or um, dangerously in love, like there is that star element of her where it's like, she's not, huge yet like she's not as huge as she's gonna be but like we all know she's gonna be incredibly large and I think to touch on your point of earlier using that status like it's so easy to sort of st- 
stay like diplomatic when you get so big and just like not Mm -hmm. to ruffle feathers or anything, but she like doesn't care about it. And I think that is just, it's just amazing. And I think it set the stage for a lot of other large pop stars to feel more comfortable, like, you know, sharing their values and being outspoken in that way. Well, now it's sort of like, if you don't, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And, And I actually... You know, not I, it's a tough line to walk because I don't want people to feel like they are responsible for responding to something just because they are someone who sees them, who's who people see themselves in. Like, I don't think it should be any one performer's responsibility to speak on any issue. Oh. But I also do think that it is it is crucial when something is is um, unjust and you use you have a platform and you actually believe that thing i i do think that you have an opportunity to use your platform in a positive way so for example with taylor swift who i'm also like a huge fan of um it was disappointing for me as a fan that she didn't say anything about trump for such a long time um and it, it obviously was calculated and obviously like she, when she crunched the numbers, did care about, um, you know, her business over her activism. Yes. And I'm happy that that's changed. And and, and I, I support and celebrate anyone who makes that change. But um, it's just, it, it's heartening to know that there are so many people out there that are using their platform in positive ways. And I do think that Beyonce is a huge reason for that because I think that, you know, we hadn't really seen a, massive, massive, massive current pop star speaking out politically like that, probably since like, you know, like Barbara Streisand decades ago. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Who was like incredibly political and very loud about her politics. Just talking about popular music. Yeah. You know what I mean? You certainly don't see a lot of... um, you know, country artists um, speaking until recently. Yeah. Uh, You certainly didn't see a lot of mainstream pop artists saying anything because I feel that they feel it's not their place or that they're going to alienate people. And Mm -hmm. so to see that matter less because people matter more and humanity matters more is good. And I think it just puts things into a correct perspective a little little bit more. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think even like, you know, if you think about like actors and stuff, like it's it, her activism has permeated into like other areas of uh, the entertainment industry. Like it's, it hasn't even, that's her influence and not to say she's doing it alone or anything, but like she, I think is hugely responsible, at least also for younger artists too, being so outspoken. And I, yeah, Yeah. I think it's incredible. And you, you, you get the sense that, um, something that she takes pride in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She obviously she obviously takes pride in her heritage and her upbringing and her culture and so of course she's not just going to use those images and not absolutely be an advocate for, you know, black lives and black lives matter and black trans lives matter and you know I even even with The Lion King, you know, mm-hmm. the album that she did based on the Lion, the Lion King which is the gift. Um you got the sense that she was not just she got was given a Disney platform, mm-hmm. but she was like, I'm going to use this in a way that's not going to feel like a Disney or glossed over version of activism. This is real activism. This is really me. And so, um, yeah, I just really respect her. Yeah. same. And I think it, it makes it easier to decipher when 
some celebrities are like kind of just saying things to say things or to sort of reach an audience um, shallowly. Um, like right. you, you can tell the difference. And I, I also something I also appreciate about her is that she truly speaks to her audience and and um, she truly um, articulates her experiences through the work. Whereas I think a lot of her contemporaries or people that are comparable to her feel the need to um, use the media and use sensation to communicate with their fans. Maybe that's because of who their fans are. Maybe that's because they, that's what they're being told to do. But I really feel like, for example, when Beyonce was experiencing um, adultery in her relationship, she she made art about it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that we've just seen that is pretty rare, yeah. actually. Like with, with big major stars like that, it's often like, let me put something out in the media or let me use the paparazzi in a certain way or mm -hmm. let me um, start a feud. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's no shade or anything. Uh, people do what they do. And like, I get that it's an industry and a business that works in more ways than just the content speaking for itself. But um, I've always really appreciated that she's like, you know what? I don't need to sit down for an interview because I can say it all in the work. Mm -hmm. I don't need to, um, you know, do the circuit because I'm at the point where, I'm confident enough in my ability to articulate my messages and my content yeah. the way that the way that you're supposed quote unquote supposed to. Yeah. You know, as a musical artist. It's not like the the publicity is like the most important thing. Like it's it's the art is what I will use to like express myself and like, you know, work through certain things. I don't need to like concern myself with just the the publicity of it and like controlling the narrative, so to speak. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just, ugh. I mean, I could talk about it for hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so much to talk about. There's, I mean, we haven't even gotten we, into Obsessed. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. I Well, great. But I love all her films, first of all. Um, yeah. I just, I wish she was in more movies. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll see it. Maybe we'll see it. I, I think so. that she sort of, I, I think that. You know, so I often, well, not often, I, I have been wondering during this conversation, like, I wonder what her experience and uh, relationship with criticism is like, mm -hmm. because I um, would imagine that the area she gets criticized most in would be her film work <laughs> yeah. and her acting performances. And I wonder how much that bothers her. Mm. Um, and I, I just wonder in general, like how much she lets her, her ego, her own ego get in the way um, uh, in terms of deterring her or um, motivating her because uh, there is certainly a lot of people with a lot to say about her. And she's mm -hmm. one of the most famous people in the world. And, Certainly, I think the most musical, most influential musical artist of our generation. Yeah. And um, yeah, I often wonder what her take on people's takes of her yeah. is, you know, especially when it comes to this area where she clearly wants to succeed, mm -hmm. otherwise she wouldn't keep acting. You know? Yeah. But she she doesn't she hasn't done a ton of movies like in her day. Yeah. So. Well, I would I would imagine that it's pretty tough to give her a note like. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I would be like, you know um, what I mean? Like, 
as a director, you're like, hey, Beyonce, uh, you know what I mean? Like already it kind of gives you chills. Yeah, but, I know you I know. know you won like a hundred awards for singing and stuff, but like maybe um, next time you did it, could you like just maybe just be more like subtle with your anger, but like still be okay. Like whatever you want to do, though, that's fine. <laughs> like That would be me trying to give her a note. Actually, I would probably yeah, I don't cry. Think subtle t- I don't think subtlety is really her issue. I think sometimes she's a little too subtle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the thing with her is like as explosive as she is on on stage, like on camera i don't know if i've seen that captured she yeah. was really great in that movie she did where she played out of james she was great in that cadillac reference. oh i think that's actually one that i haven't seen i've seen all yeah. the other i've seen like uh hip opera i've seen the austin powers one i would imagine oh i liked her in austin powers too I yeah too. i like her in dream girls i think there's moments where she really captures diana ross mm-hmm. um you know it's just you know, it that's not the marquee role and you can you can talk about whether or not that role's a little flat on camera but um you know whatever yeah is there like a doesn't role matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter we just want to see her act more um <laughs> right is there a role that you would love to see her play you know there was rumors about her being wonder woman years ago and i thought that was a sick idea um, and now obviously gal gadot is wonder woman but i would love to see her do a superhero moment because yeah. uh, i think that that would really suit her persona mm-hmm. um i don't necessarily need to see her gritty and grounded i would actually like to see her more pulped out like i thought that obsessed was such a fun pulpy movie with that big glorious fight at the yes. end with ali larder and you know <laughs> the the charging around in heels and the smacking around the sort of white bitch trying to steal her son yeah. like I loved it and so I think more pulp with her is probably the better direction and I would love to see her play like a really badass superhero figure maybe I'm just watching too much Marvel lately <laughs> no I like it I think like the theatrics of it all and like the spectacle would really suit like her um, you know she was supposed to be in Star is Born no was she supposed to be Lady Gaga's character Yeah, so originally it was supposed to be directed by Clint Eastwood, and he had cast Beyonce in it. And um, they were having trouble finding a lead actor, and I believe they got Bradley Cooper, and then Beyonce had a drop, or Clint Eastwood dropped, and it became Bradley Cooper directing and starring in it and writing it. And he once he was firmly doing all those things, that's when they replaced Beyonce with Lady Gaga. But yes... Beyonce was originally supposed to do the lead role of A Star is Born with Clint Eastwood directing. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. I wonder what would happen. Like, God. So maybe I think, maybe I think, we're in the, I think we're in the right timeline, yeah. to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. so, too. I did I did yeah. love Lady Gaga's performance. Um, but maybe... I don't put anything... I, I don't... I, don't I, I would never bet against Beyonce. Yeah. But I just... I, like I said, I think that we ended up with the right iconography which mm-hmm. is lady gaga who i also could have talked about today and <laughs> um which is lady gaga as um as ali main yes well, well you know we could always have you back for a lady gaga episode too um that's true um what's it called so what's it called um <sighs> the next so this question is actually my favorite question but it's you know the pandemic's coming to an end. Not like, you know, hopefully it's coming to an Knock end. Knock on wood, Knock darling on wood. dear. But, you know, things I, I mentioned, it feels like things are shifting. Yeah, um, absolutely. What is your walkout song? I'm talking like full strut catwalk down the street. Everything is open. Masks are off. We are living again. We can do whatever we want. Um, what Beyonce song are you walking down the street to? 
You know, I, I actually had the opportunity to walk out to a Beyonce song one time. I was I, I booked the Just for Last Comedy Festival years ago as a new face, and I was uh, and they, we got to pick a song like for for our walking out and for our transitions. I was doing characters, and I picked Flawless. Oh, um, and it was such a it was really great. But for her, there's so many. I mean, End of Time oh. probably is one, and I would say, um, oh gosh, if I had to pick one. Uh, end of time is is a really good one, and then flawless is also great, and then school and life. Oh, um, is a, is is one that I would school love to, and, and also crazy in love because it is the iconic. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're gonna walk out to something, yeah, you have to walk to the song where she iconically walks, yes. <laughs> which is crazy in love. So you yeah. know, as a Beyonce, she fan, is truly the queen of the stomp. Yeah, she is. I mean, she knows how to do it, and I think legally you might be yeah. obligated to to walk do the walk out to that to crazy in love it might be like we said before a felony tonight yes yeah i think so um i actually i remember exactly where i was uh when i heard school in life for the first time because it was not that long ago shamefully uh and mm. my friend jake cornell who you might know was like you don't know this song like he actually it was almost like a citizen's arrest he was like oh my god alana <laughs> that is like embar- what do you mean you don't know that song yeah, it's a um, drop everything and educate yourself it, moment. <laughs> it is. It really was. I learned a lot in those maybe three minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, that's Bowen Yang's favorite Beyonce song. It's very- he says that song saved his life. I, I, he claims that he was going to move back to Denver, Colorado and stop pursuing uh, comedy. Oh and then God. he heard School in Life and it convinced him to stay. Thank so. God. Thank God. Right? I couldn't even imagine. Think about that alternate timeline. Oh, my goodness. Sliding Par- doors situation. Absolutely. That's the timeline where Beyonce does a star. Yes. <laughs> no, well, we need a sliding door sequel now, um, which is exactly. what I've been saying for years. Uh, <laughs> I really do love that movie. <laughs> I don't know okay. So are it's you a good ready? One. It's a good, we love Gwyneth. I, I honestly, I do. I, she's become this crazy, like cult, not crazy, but like this cult persona, I feel like. And I'm just like, but sliding doors was so good. Um, I mean, I love so much of her work and I think she's so funny as a personality. Yes, now. absolutely. Um, I'll do a, 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 an unrelated bot pod episode on Gwyneth. Yeah. Um, okay. That'd be good. I mean, she's got some bops. Her cover of Fuck You by CeeLo Green. Come on now. Oh my God. Do I not know that? Well, she was on Glee and she sang a bunch of songs. She sang <sighs> Turning Tables by Adele. She sang yes. Fuck You. She actually performed it live on the Grammys. <laughs> That's how far it went. Yeah. Oh, please look that up. You're hosting the Bop Pod. You got to know about Gwyneth's covers. I, Genevieve, fire me. I can't. This is this is awful, uh, but I will have to do <laughs> research later. That's insane. I can't. I can't even wrap my head around it. Um, yep. So now we're doing the lightning round, um, which Perfect. works like other lightning rounds on other shows. Um, basically, I'll hit you with some questions and some of them will be true or false. Some will be, you know, you give the information and okay. yeah, we'll go that way. So are you ready, cool. Matt? I'm ready. I love an on the spot moment. Yes. Okay. Where's Beyonce? No, reveals who you are. Houston, Texas. What was the name of the group she was in when she was young? Girls time. Awesome. What was Beyonce's first solo recording? Her first solo solo recording? Yeah, like song. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, it's is it's not check up on it, but like it's it, it's before that. It, I mean, it wasn't crazy in love either. She she did a solo thing for like. Um, oh man, that's so embarrassing. It's Can okay. you tell me? It's O three Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> 
Oh, three Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. See, and I don't think of that as a solo recording because Jay Z was on it. But yes, I get yes. You. She was credited as Beyonce. Yeah. I apologize to the Beehive. I'm changing. You got it right. Anyways, your spirit was there. It's fine. Uh, cool. True or false? Beyonce's second solo album, B Day, was released on September fourth, two thousand six, in the U S. to coincide with her twenty fifth birthday. True. Yes. <laughs> what was Beyonce's first acting role? Her first acting role was um, the Carmen Jones hip opera. Yeah, you yeah. got it. True or false, Beyonce was so inspired by Garth Brooks' fictional rock persona, Chris Gaines, that she created a Sasha Fierce. Fuck. I believe that's true. It's false, but I really want it to oh, be true. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, yeah, maybe that was that was iffy of me, but I mean, we all know. We're I, all inspired by Chris Gaines. Every day. And we all just don't know it. Every day I, I talk about Sasha Fierce and Chris Gaines. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry to insinuate that Garth Brooks in any way, um, you know, influenced Beyonce, but you have to remember she is a Southern girl, okay? She yes. is, she's not afraid of country music, Mm-mm. as we know. It was a valid, valid error. Do not worry. I won't tell Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell her true or false beyonce was the first female to headline coachella uh false yes that's correct she was the yeah. second and then last question how many consecutive beyonce records have debuted on billboard 200 billboard on uh, like on top of billboard 200 like as number one uh n- yes uh, oh actually that's a good question i don't know well, they've all they've all definitely debuted on the on the billboard 200 but in terms of number one i believe I believe that Dangerously in Love was number one. I'm almost positive B-Day was number one. Um, uh, I Am Tasha Fierce, I think, was number one. That has to be three. Four, I actually, I don't know if it was. So I know for sure three. And then Beyonce, the self-titled, absolutely was. And so is Lemonade. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, I'm going to say five. So close. It was her first six. So four was yes. okay. Yeah, which is like I, I feel shouldn't like have doubted it. It's okay. For some reason, I thought I thought it, for some reason I thought that was maybe one of the ones that like debuted at number two, but still did good numbers because I remember that one was not as much of a commercial success. But which is I crazy. Shouldn't have doubted it. It, it. I do yeah. feel like for some reason it like made this a slightly like lesser splash than the others, but it's still so good. But you know, Wikipedia. Well, there, weren't the, there there weren't the big pop hits on it yeah it was more it was more like she was like experimenting with like world music and more sort of like you know alternative stuff yeah yeah and and it worked for her but you know what you're still the the king of beyonce fans so you know what i don't want that title no no no, you have it i no 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 i'll not just happy being no i'm part i'm happy being part of the beehive i don't have to be the king of anything who made you king of anything can we talk about sarah borellis now for 45 minutes oh god i do an awful sarah borellis impression uh that my friends make me do every christmas party because that's the first time i did it when i was drunk um so i just had like flashbacks wow you get drunk and do a sarah borellis that's a poll that's an interesting poll yeah yeah i should put it on my dating profiles truly i get drunk and do sarah borellis impressions unprompted no one asks for it and and um i'm sorry to all my friends (laughs) okay matt do you have anything you want to plug I would say that if you want to hear more of all this, you can listen to Las Culturistas uh, with myself and Bowen Yang. We release episodes every Wednesday um, from the Big Money Players Network and iHeartRadio. So and you'll have fun. It's fun. It's fun. You, you like gotta. It. What are you it's doing? A lot of this. <laughs> uh, and if you're not listening to Las Culturistas, I don't know what you're doing, honestly. <laughs> 
well, I hope exercising, eating well, taking care of yourself, yeah, sleeping, yeah. getting your folate to nine hours, you know, all those things. <laughs> Self-care first, last coach second. Wow. That's, fine. We, That's we a mensch. It. You're a mensch. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, Matt. This was honestly the best. Um, and yeah, you're welcome back anytime. And I hope you have a great time in New York when you come back. I am really excited to be back. And thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Any excuse to talk to you and talk oh. about Beyonce is a beautiful thing. So thank, thank you so you. much for having me awesome. on the Bot Pod. Awesome. Anytime. Bye. Bye. The Bot Pod. A podcast for the stance. <laughs>